0: Hey everyone, it's Matt here, uh, just letting you know we had some microphone issues recording this episode, so the sound quality is not great. But, hey, it's still a good episode, so please enjoy. Drop it gaming... Dropbit Gaming, Dropbit Gaming, Dropbit
1: Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dropbit Gaming Podcast. Yay! Ah, there's little girls <laughs> in the background screaming Yay. for us. We uh, love <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> this is episode 122. So, if you've been following us for the last, uh, you know, probably six or seven episodes, um, we're not going to tell you that this is a prime number. Because <laughs> um, you know. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that is all in um, in loving memory of uh, Stephen Hawking, who unfortunately passed away during the week. So, yeah, you know, we're not fucking with prime numbers this, this episode.
0: Yeah, that's our prime directive.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hats off to the Prime stuff.
0: No. no. So, anyway, I'm Matt, and that's hey, Lucas.
1: And I'm Lucas. Um, so, we're here to talk about some games. Uh, we've been playing a few games. Um, so, I guess I'll firstly let everybody know that I'm up to uh, nearly 430 hours of um, Overwatch. Which is nice. Uh, that's still, a lot. Still going pretty strong. Um, I've kind of put the controller down on um, NBA 2K18 after finishing the, my second full season um, and winning nearly every trophy that you can get during a season, MVP and all that kind of stuff. We've got uh, yeah. MVP of the, um, the. Final series
0: or whatever? Yeah,
1: the final series as well as the All Star weekend. Um, and. Yeah, best player of the known universe. Whereas America (laughs) likes to just say universe, Uh, (laughs) they are the universe, so therefore the winners. Um, But I, I I realised I played somewhere around about one hundred and forty to one hundred and fifty hours in that
0: game. That's a decent amount.
1: Yeah, with the amount of games you play in a season, plus all of the extras and finals and all that kind of stuff, and it was set at about forty minutes a game. Yeah. so, yeah, it was uh, it was a, a long stretch, and then I had a break for about two weeks and picked it up and tried to play one more game and just went, I'm kind of over this now. Nah. Um, there's no way of making it harder, so you can't really you know, increase the difficulty to make it you know, more than it is, which is a bit of a shame, but at the same time, it was never really that easy until you kind of leveled your player up, and then once that happened, you just, you're Yeah. So I got my character up to almost level 90, which is kind of the first of the main high levels kind of thing, and now it takes friggin' ages to just do any combat upgrades and yeah. get to any more levels, so I kind of go on well, one. Fair That's enough, too.
0: Um,
1: but I have been playing another game
0: called... Um, Mortal Redneck. Uh, yeah, we mentioned this on the last episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, interesting game. Um, brought out by Cremon uh, Company, um, developers and publisher. Yeah, um, it's been out for a while, actually on um, on PC and PS4 and Xbox One. And I don't know, it was it was an interesting game. Like um, going into it, it, it starts with a bit of a cutscene of just some random redneck driving out bloody um like a dune buggy kind of thing around.
0: Yeah, in uh, Egypt. In Egypt. Presumably. Yeah.
1: And then he falls into like a um hole in the ground and falls into some um but like, I don't know, it was weird. It was weird. It was almost like he just fell into a portal kind of thing. Um And it sent him back in time to the Egyptian days. Makes sense. um, Pharaohs and whatnot. And everything's evil. Basically, everything that moves is trying to kill you. Um, So basically, the only objective is to kill them. That's pretty much it. Makes sense. So you run around through all these different levels. um, You've got to kill off everything before like the next door will unlock kind of deal. Okay. So they're like pretty straightforward. Large chambers type thing. Um, and then you kind of level up your character throughout that. Um, and you get points and different types of stuff for uh, finishing all your levels and killing everything and not dying really. Fine. So um, it was actually it was going into it I was a bit um, dubious, dubious, yeah. yeah just kind of going, <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. Um, yeah. and, and you've got the the standard kind of redneck banter going on yeah. in the background the whole time. and all that kind of
0: shit. So, so it's like, just um, generalising people from south the south of America, right? Pretty it's outrageous. On, pretty outrageous. Pretty smart.
1: From what I know of them listening to, like the way Bill Burr talks about it, yeah, yeah. Like yeah,
0: from like other stereotypes, yeah. it seems like they hit the stereotypes yeah, right, yeah. right okay. on the money. Yeah.
1: They did a bit of research, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: um, it was good fun, like it, it, it did
1: kind of remind me of um, you know, some of the old school shooters that you know, if you've been playing games for, for quite some time, remembering. You know,
0: back in the day with Serious Sam and... Redneck Rampage.
1: Yeah, Redneck Rampage was definitely in there as well. But, I don't know, Redneck Rampage seemed a lot more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I don't know, you probably remember it... Yeah, as fun. ...differently, yeah. Because
1: yeah. it was very original back then as well. Yeah, back
0: the these day days then. we spoil for choice, so...
1: Yeah. But it was very much that kind of Serious Sam or, or even original Doom kind of... Yeah, you know, style. Just ...running around and shooting everything that moves. Yeah. Um, the the level designs were pretty decent, but the the enemies were kind of cartoony in a way. Yeah. You know, like, everything that didn't move was pretty well designed. Um, yeah. The walls and everything looked kind of good, but everything that did move was fairly basic. And yeah. There was a good range of different kind of... Uh, yeah, enemies to fight against. Um, there was some flying things that would do more damage than others, so you've got to get in close, you know, you know, further away, sorry, before they get close. Yeah. Um, and then there you had, like, the more uh, heavy soldiers with armor. You know,
0: that the kind usual of story, stuff. yeah. And, um,
1: pretty good, though. I mean, it, it's a $25 game, so it's not like, you know, Yeah, it's, it's not like AAA. AAA titles. Um, and, and easy just to pick up and run through for a bit. Yeah. so, yeah, for what it was, it's a good, fun game. Yeah. Um, If you're looking for longevity, it's probably not there. Um, It's less than 10 hours, the whole game. Um, You wouldn't even want to pick it up again because, like, the the levels are... are, um, Generated on the fly almost.
0: Yeah. So as you go through, like the next Rogue cycle, style or something, they're
1: going to change. Um, so you're going to find that the the layouts are never really going to be exactly the same, yeah. which is good. Um, and the, the things you fight against per level are never going to be exactly the same. But um, yeah, apart from that, I mean, it was a pretty stock standard, little fun run through and shoot everything kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a bit of fun. I didn't mind it. I'd probably only give it a three. Yeah. Um, but it's still a decent based, score yeah based on on what it is a $25 game yeah. It's, yeah easy to pick up and play very basic kind of controls so but it, it, it did the controls well which was good you yeah, know some of those um i guess smaller development kind of companies that try and bring out something yeah, that's a little bit newer um you know based on kind of those older games yeah um, they kind of screw up on the controls. Yeah. And with this, the shooting mechanics and everything. What'd you play it on? Uh, PS4. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, nice. So,
1: yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Graphics and everything, pretty good. So I think Solid 3 would uh, sort it out. Nice one. Yeah. We're been playing a few bigger games.
0: Yeah, so I've played a couple of games this week. Obviously, I've got some more that I need to talk about, but. um. I'll save them potentially for the next episode. We'll have Far Cry 5 next episode as well. So there's that. I've been, I got uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue remastered. So Assassin's Creed Rogue was the one that came out, I think, when Unity came out. Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or, yeah, because it went Black Flag was on PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, and Xbox One. And then. Assassin's Creed Unity came out on PS4 and Xbox One and they released Assassin's Creed Rogue for PS3 and 360 to like, not forget about all those tens of millions of people yeah. who own those consoles. So it's been five years or whatever, four years. So they've remastered it. However, that is going to work on a game. It's only four years yeah, old. Exactly. But um, they brought it out for the newer gen consoles so i'll talk about that on the next episode because i haven't had a chance to play it because two of my favorite games happen to have come out this week uh the first one obviously i think i mentioned burnout paradise remastered
1: Yeah,
0: yeah so that came out 2008 originally so it's been 10 years
1: Definitely worth a remaster.
0: Yeah. 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 And despite EA saying that they will never ever remaster games because it's. What was the quote? Like. Uh,
1: Basically because they've run out of new ideas.
0: Yeah. People who. Remasters are only good because you've run out of ideas or something like that. So. Backtracking on that one now. Um, backpedaling. They've released Burnout Paradise remastered. Kind of
1: like you know, bringing
0: out a battlefield every two years. Yeah, running out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. Just
1: reskin
0: it and bring out. Again. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. And microtransaction. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um So I really, really, really loved Burnout Paradise on my PS3. I think it was probably one of my favorite games on PS3. Like Certainly that. my favorite racing game. Yeah. Um, Prior to 2008, Burnout Paradise, there wasn't that... I don't think there was that many open-world racing games. No, I think
1: it was one of the first. Like, you had other racing games, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah, Gran Turismo's, but even that was, a few and far between Yeah,
0: and Gran Turismo yeah. was Very always similar. linear. Yeah. 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 So... Um, Obviously, these days we've got shit tons of, like, basically every racing game is open world. To be now. Um, and, you know, there's certain things that Burnout Paradise did that you wouldn't see in an arcade racer these days because we've gone past that. Like, some of the mm-hmm. stuff, it can take a little while to get around and things like that. But, um, yeah, still the exact same amazing yeah. game that it was. Uh, it looks really good. I think I think they've got it running at sixty frames per second. I don't know if it's four K. Presumably, the support. I don't know, but um, either way, it plays really well. It's fun, Um, and which should be fun because it's still the original.
1: Yeah, I did see the um, like that intro video type thing when you're going through the store on the PlayStation. Yeah, it was either. yeah, it must be. And I, I just went and watched that, and it, they never played them in very high quality. Yeah. And when it came up and it was playing, and clicked on the you know the trailer or whatever, it didn't look all that great. And I was kind of surprised. And I thought, you know, these remastered games that they're bringing out, you know, the a lot of the work they're doing is the the reskinning of everything and the high t- pixel rates and all yeah, that yeah. Other stuff. And then they play a. SD-quality bloody trailer for it. It yeah. didn't entice me at all, which was a real shame because I do remember playing the game. And as we yeah. mentioned
0: before, you remember things in
1: HD, even if they weren't. Yeah,
0: you know. I'm sure there's a button there somewhere to make it HD, but you'd think it would automatically do yeah. that, which yeah. is weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about Burnout Paradise because, you know, it's a 10-year-old game, yeah. but it's seriously fun. Uh, It holds up for the most part, like, because it was really one of the first open world racing games. And the other upside of it is that the remastered one, there was so much DLC support for Burnout Paradise, and the remastered one has all of it included for free. Wow. So there's, like, the whole original area, and then they added in motorbikes, so you could ride around on motorbikes, and they had all new races for motorbikes. That was
1: one of my finest DLC things. Yeah. They added...
0: Yeah, and then they had Big Surf Island, which was like a whole new area that they added in. And then there was all the smaller, like there's cops and robbers and all that kind of stuff in the DLC. So for, I think it's 50 bucks retail, totally worth it. You'd get easily 80 hours probably of fun out of it, Mm -hmm. I reckon. I think it's like 40 hours to get the platinum. Yeah. But then, like, there's all the DLC stuff, and just playing it for fun. There's mm. plenty there, so I definitely recommend it. I'll give that a four out of five. Very nice. Now, the other game that's one of my favourites was actually in 2013. Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch, came out on the PS3 exclusively, um, and it's now 2018, and the sequel has finally released. It's actually came out today. Hmm. Which is, so we're recording on Friday, the, what is it, 23rd today?
1: Sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, they've released the sequel today and I've been playing it. I got an advanced copy from uh, Bandai Namco, so thank you very much to them for that. And man, oh man, I am enjoying it. I've only played 30 hours so far. I think it's about 70 to 80 hours to fully complete the game. So I'm a little bit under. Oh, it's, I think it's about, I've seen from 50 to 80 hours. So um, I'd say I'm, through the story, I'm almost two-thirds of the way through the story. And then there's all of the side quests and stuff to do. But let me start at the beginning. Uh-oh. Uh, Nino Kuni 2, it's, uh, I guess you could call it like a contemporary JRPG. So, it's definitely a JRPG, but it's not the. There's kind of like almost a barrier of accessibility with JRPGs where if you're not a fan of the genre, you just stay far, far away from them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Like me. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. this one, uh, so Nino Kuni 1 had this weird sort of Pokemon style battles where you had little creatures that fought for you. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they've done away with that. And instead of that sort of turn-based whatever, it's a real-time combat now where you play, you have a party of three characters that are fighting and you control one of them, but you can interchange between them.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so that alone makes it a, a bit more accessible because there's not so many menus and things like that. But yeah, just for a JRPG, I feel like it would be way more... It's kind of a good starting point for people to get into JRPGs if they wanted to, or if they're not into JRPGs, to have one that they will enjoy. So, Is there much
1: continuation from the
0: first? No. Okay. So you don't even have to have played the first one to understand this one. I think it's the same world, but mm-hmm. it's hard to say because I can't remember much of Nino Cooney. It was ago. But, um, yeah, it's... I pay, it's pretty much a standalone story standalone everything you learn everything about the world and the characters as you're playing cool. and it's written exceptionally well like there's a couple of things where you like you kind of laugh at it being a bit weird um, but overall the story and all of the characters are interesting enough and well written enough to really kind of carry a lot of weight I guess like it, it's a story that is enjoyable. A lot of RPGs have a lot of downtime. Halfway th- you'll like be playing them and you'll get a bit of way through and you'll be like, oh, it's a flat bit in the story or whatever. Yeah. But all of the plot points as you go through the game, they all flow and none of them seem to linger for too long. Oh, so weird. that and there's like there's not massive scenes of exposition of them explaining shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: you can tell that there's stuff where they just like sort of brush it off. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the story and it's not blatant, you know? So it, it kind of works yeah, anyway because yeah. there's like stuff you need to know and stuff you don't need to know. But um, basically you play as a kid called Evan Pettywhisker Tildrum. Of course. he's the king of Ding Dong Dell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so his dad has uh, died and he's yeah, taken and over. He has the nukes. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, he's taken over as the king of Ding Dong Dell, and he's just sort of getting started, and then the number one advisor of his dad starts a coup because he's a mouse person. So half the people are humans and half are different animal types. So there's, like, dogs, cats. Mouses. Uh, yeah, mice and all kinds of... There's mermaids and shit, mermen. Um. So yeah, but they're all like human form, but with like a dog head and a tail, maybe, and stuff like that. <laughs> it's funny. The characters, like the mouse that starts the coup that takes you out from being king, yep. his name's Mousinger. Uh, yeah. I see what so, they did there. And there's a king that's a dog, whose name is the King of Goldpaw, uh-huh. and his name's Pugnacious. Oh my god! So it's pretty funny, but um, basically yeah. you get kicked out on your ass by this is mouse singer guy. Wolf, of Wolf Street. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, you get kicked out, and then you. So the, the way the game opens is really bizarre, and it's kind of confronting because basically what happens is the start of the game is there's a guy in a motorcade driving over a bridge. And there's a sort of American flag on the car and the guy's in a suit as though he's the president of whatever type of America this happens to be. He's driving over this bridge, he looks out the window and he sees a missile flying through the sky, going over him and hits the city that he's driving into Mm -hmm. and nukes the whole city.
1: Dang
0: and then it cuts to him like laying in the wreckage. The one. Yeah, he's <laughs> it cut, cuts to him laying in the sort of half in half out of the car in rubble. Yeah, and he sort of like magical, magically like twinkles away and disappears, and wakes up in the world of Nino Cooney, this fantasy oh, world, no, no, okay, right? Yeah. So then he's like, "Where the fuck am I?" And he's magically appeared in the castle where Evan Pettywhisker Tildrum is about to get the coup happened and being okay. kicked out. So he appears in the room with Evan and Evan's like, who the hell are you? What are you doing in my room? And he's like, I have no fucking idea where I am. <laughs> and then they hear an explosion and that's when the shit hits the fan. And, uh, basically the guy, the president guy his name is named Roland. Yeah. Him and Evan end up teaming up and they have this plan. Well, Evan's a king but he's been deposed from his country, so he decides he wants to start his own kingdom where everyone can live happily ever after. So uh, he goes on this mission to unite all of the countries in the world under a peaceful banner so that everyone can live happily ever after in the whole world, right? Does he do this through violence? Uh, no. Oh, good. Well, I mean, you fight monsters, yeah. but it's mostly through to. negotiations. But, oh, that's um, good, because that would be an interesting twist. twist. Yeah. (laughs) Like home front. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That'd be weird. Um, So that's the basic overview of the story of what he's got. His plan is to bring everyone together. So you go through the different chapters. There's nine chapters. And throughout the chapters of the story, you're going to visit different countries Mm -hmm. to try and convince the leader to join you. Mm -hmm. And inevitably there's – uh the quests that you have to do and stuff to prove that you're worth yeah. signing up with. Yeah. And there's a sort of evil um entity or person or whatever who's manipulating stuff and you're kind of constantly running into him manipulating leaders and then you free them of their of this guy and then Whatever they, they're like, oh, wow, well, I've been doing terrible things to the people of my country because I was manipulated by this guy. So, there's it using that as a sort of story tool, I guess they can they t- cover some pretty interesting topics. Yeah. Like, for example, um, the town Goldpore that I mentioned, where the king is, oh, he's not the king, he's the grand high roller, Pugnacious, yeah. because the town has a massive casino. and everything they do is based on luck and the roll of dice. So anytime he makes a decision, he defers to this gigantic statue which throws dice. And um, so basically, for taxation, they cover taxation. The way poor do their tax is the thing rolls the dice, and if it lands on a one, then you get one times tax. If it lands on a six, you get six times tax. But they're being manipulated so that everyone's getting ripped off,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, so it covers this whole like what you're willing to do to because there's like a sub story of each country of what the, yeah. the goals and um, Hector motivations Hector. what Hector. the yeah well, what the motivations are of the leaders, mm-hmm. and so they use these things to say like because Evans a kid and he's a king he's learning how different countries are run and how rulers rule their countries. So there's this level of depth in the story that is, for a cartoon-looking game, it's really quite impressive Mm -hmm. and covers some really interesting topics throughout. But um, yeah, I don't want to go into the story too much because I don't want to spoil anything. So, but like that kind of stuff really interests me, and it's done really well. Mm -hmm. So, and like I said, that
1: kind of thing up and make it cheesy.
0: Yeah. Like um, what was it? I was watching a movie the other day, oh, like Justice League or something like that, and there's just stuff that happens that's just like blatant social commentary. Yeah. and it's like fuck, come on, we're not stupid. Yeah, exactly, use some subtlety, you know. Mm-hmm. And although these, like, it's clearly, it's clear that we're talking about taxation here, or there's another person who, um the leader uses a lot of surveillance on the people and it's the comparison of freedom to surveillance and doing what you need to do to protect your people and stuff like that. So they're kind of topics that are meaningful, handled in a really easy to understand but still interesting way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like the story in general, I find to be just incredibly well done. And if anyone out there who's listening is a fan of a game with a good story, I would definitely recommend Nino No Kuni 2. Uh, so, on the mechanics of the game, the fighting mechanics, like I said, it uses the real-time combat instead of the little animal things. Yeah. But you have these little things called higgledies. And that when they talk, they're like, higgledy, piggledy, hig, pig. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> so it's like oh. totally cartoon. Pig. But they're like little um, sprites or something. And they're so, there's different ones for different elements. And you have four different ones that work for you in your fights and you can use like a healing one or one that does a massive explosion and shit like that. So they all have different abilities. Mm -hmm. So it all goes to these sort of level of tactical control that you have in the game. So, um, the combat is really well done. It's really simple. Like you can just button mash and win if you want. But as you get to the harder and harder bosses, it kind of pays to use your brain a little bit more and yeah. sort of use strategy on how you're going to defeat bosses. Mm-hmm. So you have, um, <clears throat> there's melee ranged and spells, right? And you can research them in your kingdom to improve them and get new spells and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And then in your spells, you have all the elements like wind, water, fire, etc. So there's different monsters that are susceptible to different elements. Standard, rpg awesome. yeah. like it particularly jrpgs but like typical to games yeah. fire beats water shit like that mm-hmm. so that's the kind of strategies that you got to use but there's also you get three weapons and it interchanges between them and every time you're using a weapon it builds up a charge and once it gets to 100 you can do a special move and so you have three of them you can say and in you can set it to manual semi-auto or auto for changing between the weapons mm-hmm. so i play on semi-automatic which is the default where once a weapon gets to 100% it swaps you to another one to build that to 100% okay. but then if you use a special move it automatically switches to the one that has 100% to use the move and then you can so you can yeah. build up
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's another level of strategy in the game as well if you choose to do that This whole, like, changing your weapons thing. Um, I don't kind of like to micromanage too much with that kind of stuff. Like, I don't even change from my character. Unless I die, I automatically change to another of the three in my party. But I would generally just play as Evan because he's pretty strong, whatever. Yep. Um, Now, the the world itself, the open world, is fairly easy to traverse. There's some... Um, there's like teleport portals that you can fast travel between places with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monsters you come across, it's not like your old school JRPGs like Final Fantasy where you walk and then, or even Pokemon, yeah. and it randomly starts a battle. They're like around on the map. You can see them. And if you get within a certain distance of them, if they're at your level or higher, they'll come for you. Yeah. But if there are a certain amount of levels below you, you can literally walk right past them and they don't start a fight with you unless you walk into them. So that really saves the whole frustration of that kind of thing in in these types of games. Mm -hmm. But it can still take a while to get around, which is a little bit annoying. Um, But in general, like, you can fast travel wherever you want to go. Um, And like I said, I've played 30 hours of it and I'm not sick of walking around or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I still will go out and just attack anything I fucking see because the combat is fun enough. Even though it's simple, it's fun enough to not... I mean, I've played 30 hours almost in a week. Well, yeah, in a week I've played 30 hours of this game and I'm not like putting that kind of amount of time into something you get real sick of it real fast. Um, And I'm not sick of it at all. I'm loving it. So, yeah. um, The quests that you tend to get in the game are either fetch quests or bounty quests where you're like you go see someone and they're like can you take this to this place or can you go get me three of this item or can you go kill this monster that's on this path somewhere so they're kind of simple quests Mm -hmm. there's nothing too sort of super interesting about the quests themselves but the characters that you meet they all have individual stories so the world is so well built that you can just get a a quest and have it be interesting to go and do this stupid fucking thing for this one person, (laughs) you know. Um, Now, one of the bigger things in the game is kingdom building. So like I said, Evan's starting his own kingdom. He's called it Evermore. So about chapter four of the game, you start your kingdom, you have a castle and a sort of area around the castle and it goes to sort of an over... Well, it's the same view as when you're walking around in the open world. But um, you have little patches where you can build buildings and mm-hmm. rather than something like, um, your classic world building ones where you can put shit wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Each patch is designated for something. So you don't get that sort of overwhelming feeling that you can get with those games where you're like, well, where the fuck do I put stuff? And I don't want to accidentally put something where I need to put something else mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're going through the story, you're, recruiting people from all the different countries to come and join your country and they all have individual skills so you might have someone who's good at building weapons someone who's good at building armour someone who's good at um, creating those little sprite higgledies oh, yeah. or someone who's good at farming or fishing, shit like that and each thing, there's two types of building, there's uh, one that you can do research in which is like your armour spells, all that kind of stuff not only can you buy those weapons and make those weapons and stuff in those buildings, or you just walk up to them and a menu pops up, but yeah. you can also research stuff like um, being able to make better weapons or make weapons cheaper or make spells more powerful or all kinds of different shit that you can research. And then there's other types of... But the second type of building is like a, an item thing, so like a farm or a fishing shop or a oh, whatever... Yeah, yeah you put a citizen on there designate them to it and over time they'll just be putting stuff in the stores of your castle mm-hmm. and then you go in once and it has a limit to where it's full and nothing else can get in there and you can collect it and you can carry as much as you want oh, so no, you can good. so like i was saying the quests are fetch quests and bounty quests there's also errands which are basically fetch quests. They're either go kill something or they're like the same thing, less story. But the good thing about them is you can get like 12 all at once from this guy, go and do them all, hand them all back in. But some of them are like, give me four of this, four corn cobs or some shit. And because you've got your kingdom already doing that, every time you go there and you've got citizens in these farms and shit like that, it's building up your supplies. And then you can level up those facilities to get different types of items. Mm -hmm. So then you'll just have a shitload of stuff. So half the time I go to an errand and it's like, you already have four out of four of these, so you can hand it straight back in. And then you can use, it gives you tokens of gratitude for errands, which you can then use to recruit new citizens Oh, or, or yeah. use it to um, buy items. So yeah. once you've unlocked an item through gameplay, like a, an apple or something, whatever yeah. we'll call it, that, yeah. um, you can then either buy it from a general store in your kingdom if your general store is leveled up enough, or you can go to this guy who does errands, and he's in every city, mm-hmm. and you can go up to him and you can spend tokens of gratitude to buy specific items, and they're just things like leather or cloth and sh- There's different oh, types okay. of cloth and stuff. Yeah. So if you get a quest where it's like... Material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you get a quest that's like, oh, I need five of this thing, you can go to this dude and just go get them and buy them if you've done enough errands to have the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other side of the game. But that kingdom building stuff, it's really interesting as a sort of mechanic because it's not like you... You kind of get the feeling with that kind of stuff in a lot of games where it's like, oh, this is just padding out gameplay to just add more hours. Mm -hmm. And there's a few games I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but I've fully recognized that there are some games out there that I've played where I get to that point. Oh, Shadow of War, Middle-Earth Shadow of War, where it was like that. um, It wasn't building a, a kingdom, but building your little army. To fucking defend your towers and shit, yes. that kind of gameplay where it's like fuck, this is boring, mm. you know. Yeah. But um, it's
1: kind of like with um, was it not Skyrim, um, uh, Ultima Online or whatever it was, um, Morrow Wind Online or whatever. Yeah, one of those games anyway, where they it was about the producing, you know, make six fucking swords yeah kind of thing I was like well, why the fuck do I have to do this yeah it's no skill oh Elder Scrolls I just, Online had yeah, that yeah I just want to go kill shit yeah and it seemed fucking retarded
0: yeah, yeah. but like I've been playing this and I haven't again yeah. haven't had that frustration of being like this is boring or yeah. what's the fucking point of this because it all works together in like you feel like you're growing your kingdom and then you'll finish a quest and someone will be like oh thanks for doing that I'll go join your kingdom And then it pops up a thing saying, this person has joined your kingdom and it says what their specialty is. So then you go, oh, fucking sweet. Go back to your kingdom, fast travel Mm -hmm. to your kingdom and you can select a list of, or you go straight to the facility that you want them to go to and you just click personnel, add that person and it shows them at the top already because there's a little mark if they're already in a building. Mm -hmm. So you can be like, oh yeah, that guy, that's the one that I just recruited. Chuck him in, start some research or something like that. Nice. So... Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like in general, this whole game feels like it's really well made and really well balanced. Uh, the story flows really well, like I said. Um, oh, there is one other thing there's a skirmish system, um, which you saw me play at EB Expo. Oh, yeah. When I played Nino Kuni 2 at EB Expo, I did this little thing, and you guys who listen, would have heard us talking about it, and it yeah. didn't seem that great mm. when I played it. Yeah. It seemed like, what is it, this? Oh, what the hell is happening? Yeah. So now that I've played the actual game, I get the fucking idea of it. So you have up to four units of soldiers, and each unit can be either archery, swords, spears, hammers, guns. I think that's the six different types. Mm -hmm. So you, and the whole unit is like 10, um, soldiers of that type. And then you come up against an army. So as you're wandering around the open world, you'll see like a banner on a staff with like lights flickering around it. If you go and walk up to it, that's how you start skirmish battles where you've got to take your army and defeat another army for gold items, whatever. Um, And you have the four units sort of circle you. So there's one on either side. Mm -hmm. And then using the left and right buttons, L1, R1, you can rotate it around you. So as you're walking, if you you see, for example, a hammer army up ahead of you, the sword army beats hammer army in the way that it works. So they have like the same as like fire beats water. It's like swords yeah. Swords beat hammers, hammers beat spears, spears beat swords. Mm-hmm. And then archery and guns just are like a backup. Like they hurt everyone equally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can rotate. So there's that tactics of that as well. Because what happens is you get a certain amount of might points and the enemy has might points and you have to bit kill all of their guys to get them to zero might points before you fucking run out and all of your guys die. So if you just run straight in, you get wiped out. You can hold down circle to respawn the guys who've died, but every time you do that, it spends might points. And then you also have special abilities that you can do, like calling in an airstrike and um, like having shields, like magic shields over your guys for a set amount of time. Mm -hmm. They all cost might points. So if you get to zero might points... You have to be really fucking careful when you're approaching enemies because if you start losing all your guys, you're boned. But then there's like buildings that you can build, like if you'll come across a sort of base that's spawning enemy guys, Mm -hmm. and if you kill that building, you can rebuild it, you destroy the building, you can rebuild it as yours, and it starts adding like 20 might points every 30 seconds or something like that. So if you're fucked, you can sit back... Go get a cup of coffee or something, <laughs> come back and you'll have a bit more might points. So, um, that kind of stuff's pretty fun as well. There's certain, I just did one today actually that was different to just having to beat the enemy. It was you have to escort two squads of guys that have shields that are couriering food to some fucking place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to follow them, and there's bandits, army ban- bandits, sorry, armies of bandits come out and try to attack them. And you've got to kill the bandits, but these guys just keep walking. So you've got to, like, fucking stay keep up with them because if they will die before they get to the end point, you lose. So that's pretty interesting. It's pretty fun. I think I've done about seven or eight skirmishes so far. Apparently there's Mm. 30 or something in the game. And then you can redo each one on hard mode as well to get extra rewards and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... The main things are like the real time combat, the skirmishes, and the kingdom building are all different to Nino Kuni 1. And even though they've got all of these different elements that they've put into this game that are different, it still manages to nail every single one. That's good. The biggest.
1: It's a hard ask to get it all
0: together. Which is. It's Mm -hmm. fucking pretty unreal. The only problem with the game, really, that I have. And it's so nitpicky. It's the same problem that I saw on the review on Survivor um, when I was reading it. They basically... The map... To bring up the map, you press the options button yep. on your controller to bring up your menu with quests and items and your party and all that kind of shit. You press the touchpad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In, like, every other game, it's the other way around. Yeah. So... And I've played it 30 hours, and literally every single time I go, I need the map, touchpad. Oh, I need the menu, options. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And then I have to back out of it again. And and I've done it where I go, I need the map, menu. I'll back out, menu again. (laughs) It's just like, fuck me. Like don't do that yeah so it's japanese it has to be a little bit
1: quirky. Yeah, yeah yeah so
0: it's pretty um nitpicky obviously mm. but the game overall is exceptional um, you rate it. it's five out of five i think i gave nino cooney i don't know if i actually reviewed the original nino cooney i know i mentioned it on episode 56 because i did my research oh. that was a game of the year 2013 So I brought it up, I mentioned it, I don't know if it was my game of the year or not, but it was definitely mentioned by me on that episode. But um, yeah, this game is quite exceptional. Mm. Well, you've only got a couple of days to finish it, so you better get it. Yeah, well, Far Cry Cry 5 hits on Tuesday. I've got to clean my house for an inspection, but...
1: Yeah, I don't know, you'll be king.
0: Yeah, I'm the king. (laughs) My subjects, the <laughs> seven year old and five year old, can do all the <laughs> work. That's right. I saw a what snake in my backyard. It? That's how long my grass is. That's not one my pants. Ah, uh, different uh, kind of snake. Yeah, it was dangerous. Yeah, this wasn't a spitting one. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked. Uh, yeah, I was mowing the lawn and lo and behold, here's a fucking snake. What was it? Red belly black. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I was like, kids, Rob's don't play in the grass yeah. for a while. Yeah. Unless you're doing the gardening for me, in which case
1: risks are yeah. risks. Yeah, exactly.
0: Life's yeah. full of it's pain. It's called collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm 30 hours in. The game, I think, overall is about 50 to 80 hours. So mm. I definitely am playing in a platinum this one. I got with my copy that I was supplied... I got the season pass as well, so nice. I'll look forward to talking about the DLC in future when that comes out as well. Cool. But, um, yeah. That's I to look forward to. Definite hard recommend to everyone. Yeah. Nino Cooney too. There you go. You heard it you probably last. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We should, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. The, the embargo for discussing the game was up on the 20th which I think was Tuesday or I think it was up on Wednesday oh, so yeah, pretty yeah. much all the reviews are out there now yeah, but um, yeah I can't recommend it enough I am enjoying it so very much
1: I well, like, like, it. like we did mention um, there is some new games coming out so let's quickly touch
0: on those. Yeah, well, obviously the big one is Far Cry 5 coming out on Tuesday, which we, you and I will both definitely yeah, be playing. getting that for sure. Someone on my PSN friends list is already playing it because they ordered mm. it from the Ubisoft store online and it got delivered early. That's awesome. So I am wow. highly jealous of you, sir. Yes, exactly. Um, so we'll definitely be talking about that one in the next episode. Um and like I said, Assassin's Creed Rogue, I'll be discussing. I've also got Beast Quest, which is a small game based on the Beast Quest novels that I've never read. Yeah. Apparently the game is not good, oh. but I haven't played it yet, so I reserve my judgment.
1: Good idea.
0: Um, and oh, the other thing I've been playing, Bravo Team. PSVR, oh, I, mm-hmm. I played with Carl, who was on our Game of the Year podcast from the Game Train podcast. Yeah. He also has a PSVR headset. So I picked up Bravo Team with the PlayStation VR aim controller, which is mm-hmm. the gun. Yep. The game itself is not very good. I mean, <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> it's good, but there's not much to it. There's a lot of repetition. There's like four enemy types through the whole game. Oh, okay. Um We played for, I think, two hours. And the good good thing was I don't normally play a VR game for two hours Mm. because I get sick of it. But the way that Bravo Team works, it's basically like time crisis. I was
1: going to say, it looks like
0: it. Yeah. And so when you want to move from point to point, you just sort of look at it and a little... um, Symbol pops up and you press okay. X and then it cuts to three uh, third person yep. and you watch the guy run over to the spot oh, okay. and then so it goes back yeah. to first person so you don't get that movement sickness yep. that you get with VR. So mm-hmm. I played for two hours. I think we got about three quarters of the way through the game in two hours. Honestly, I think wow. we fucking it's there's not that much to it. There's a score attack mode that I haven't tried, mm-hmm. but um, as How for much is it? uh, 30 bucks, I think. Okay. So it was a hundred bucks with the aim controller,
1: yeah.
0: But you can, I can use that aim controller with oh, Farpoint, nice. uh, Doom VFR that I've got mm-hmm. that I haven't tried out yet. So I'll have a hopefully have a try of that so we can mention it in the next episode as well. Yeah. It's been out for a while, but um, and the aim
1: controller works in other games
0: as well. That aren't yeah, either. yeah. Oh, no, it's for VR, oh, the VR. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough, yeah. yeah. But um, I found so Carl was playing using just a Dual Shock. You have the op- option to play with Dual Shock or a Move controller or the Aim controller. Yeah. Um, when you're using the Move controllers, you hold them as though you're holding a gun. Yeah. So it's like one at the front, one at the back, mm-hmm. and you sort of aim around. I think like that. Yeah. Um, Carl was saying with the Dual Shock, it's kind of weird because you have to hold it up.
1: Oh really?
0: Or something because it yeah. reads the light on the controller. Oh. And the aim controller, you have to hold it up as though you're looking down the sights. But it feels natural, reasonably natural, once you get the hang of where the fucking buttons are yeah, on the thing.
1: Yeah, you can't look at
0: them. Yeah. yeah, so you can't look down. Oh, no, you can press a button. Like, the whole time I was playing, I had no fucking idea what the <laughs> controls were. And then I realised there's a button that you can press... That makes your controller, whatever it happens to be, move controllers, dual shock, or the aim controller, appear in front of you with little arrows pointing to all the oh, buttons. Very good. Like laid over as you're playing. So you yeah. can have it there. So you like lift the gun up and you can turn it and be like, oh yeah, that's shoot, that's oh, fucking nice. whatever.
1: Wow.
0: So overall, the game played quite well. Mm-hmm. It was fun for the two hours that I played it. I don't know, like, I don't know how long it'll last mm-hmm. if you're replaying it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, probably a three out of five for that. That's but the awesome. aim controller is a nice piece of tech. It works quite well. Yeah. So I'm pretty glad I picked that up. Nice. Anyway, big games that are coming out.
1: Yeah, so we already mentioned uh, we've got you know, Far Cry 5. Yeah. Um, there's two games coming out next month that I'm kind of excited about in a way. One of them I am very much so. The other one I am... Yeah, you asked if I wanted to get a copy, and I said no. Um, obviously, the good one that I'm looking forward to is God of War. Yeah. That's going
0: to be massive. I, okay. I, I'm com- quietly confident that it'll be good, because it should be. Sony tend to make reasonably good exclusive games. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that as well.
1: And the other exclusive PS4 game is Yakuza 6. Oh, yes. So, I mean, they've made six of these. So
0: More than that, because there was Yakuza finished. 0 and stuff like that yeah. as well.
1: So Apparently that's really good. Cool. Not something that I want to play really, because I've never played the others. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously a bigger game bigger coming out as well, so worth yeah worth attention to. Sweet. Um, I think that's pretty much it, um, until we sit down and do this again.
0: Yeah, which hopefully will be in another couple of weeks after we've had a chance to smash out Far Cry 5.
1: Yeah, and I guess the only other thing I'm going to mention is that I'm going to go and sign up now, actually as soon as we're finished, I'm going to go and sign up for the um, that uh, Xbox um, experience or whatever they call it, uh, where you get the... Um, subscription yeah and it's like the you get access, yeah, to, access to all the games and stuff, stuff. Um, and I'm going to play at least two weeks of the free version anyway uh, of Sea of Thieves nice so I'm gonna give it a go there's a shitload of games on it and I've looked at it a lot of times and gone this might actually be worth it because there's a lot of games on there that I've played but not played enough of or you yeah you know, a 5 springs to mind very quickly. Yeah. Um, which
0: I'd like to... Is that on there as well? Yeah. Well, if is you get that, that subscription, I get access to it as well. Because oh, I have For your sure. shiznit.
1: Yeah. So um, I
0: might have to fucking hook myself up with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't
1: know how it works, though, in regards to multiple people. Yeah. Online
0: and things like that. I assume that. it's the same um, as EA Access, which also worked. Yeah. I think it worked anyway. Yeah, different
1: IPs, but same login. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to give that a go just to play Sea of
0: Thieves for at least two weeks. Yeah, well, neither of us played any of the numerous betas that they ran. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I didn't want to wreck it. Yeah. That was my thing. You know, I was like, nah, it, it looks like it could be a really fun game, um, but it also looks like it has to be played with multiple friends.
0: Yeah, like a, I a think that's... Type game. Or Destiny.
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean even with Destiny you can do most of the game by yourself. Yeah, it's just the raids that you couldn't really do it by yourself. Yeah um, But with this like I watched a video of it yesterday and when you get into the bigger ships the like the um, You got the person steering on the deck with the big wheel. Yeah, but you can't. You have no access to maps or anything while you're doing it. You have one job. And to be able to actually look at maps or do any kind of orientation type stuff, you actually have to go below deck to the captain's chambers to be able to look at what the fuck is coming up and then run back up and do that. That's weird. You have to have somebody in there who's giving you the directions directions and and that's your navigator. That seems pretty weird. Yeah, so there's certain things where they've gone, okay, well, we don't want to make it easy for people like you can have a smaller boat where you only need to be one person Yeah. or you can have a smaller boat where you only need a few people yeah. but once you get up to the bigger boats um, which is what seems to be the fun part of the game Yeah. because um, that's where you've got your big cannons and you're going to get into big fights with lots of other groups and yeah. stuff like that and it's going to become kind of I, I hope it doesn't but it, it kind of ha- has that feeling from what I've seen of when you've got a clan, yeah, a clan you just dominate. You're gonna dominate because you're massive. You're just gonna fucking run the seas and destroy yeah. everything. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's some interesting mechanics in it, and I kind of hope it pays off for them because it's made by Rare. Yeah, it's a, it's a big development company. Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. But anyway, Sweet I'll crack, really and I'll chat about that next time as well. Nice one. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you have any questions or any comments or any criticisms of any style, uh, please email that
0: at uh, podcast at dropbeggaming.com if it, you don't mind. It loves it. Um, I'm sick and, of it. Surely you fuckers know the email by now. I haven't even received any emails <laughs> for ages. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. There was something about enlargement pills, but I didn't really read it. Just ordered them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just by yeah, now. exactly. Just hit the yeah? On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Thank you
1: very much, and we'll, we'll talk in the years' comments a later. Catch ya.